Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the MindMate podcast. This will be the final podcast, the final throwback podcast uh, to a, if you have been following, series of audio clips and video clips I did about a year and a half ago when I was trying to build uh, the MindMate, which is essentially, which, which now has been built into a lovely little humble podcast called the MindMate podcast. And everything else I do is, I guess, um, if you wanted to call it something, it'd be a, a personal branding technique. But uh, this is a throwback to a little episode I did called Naming the Demon. And it was this idea that I actually, I didn't think of myself. It was um, something that kept coming up in horror movies that I kept watching. And it was this idea that when someone was possessed by a, a, an evil spirit or a ghost or something like that, they would always say, name the demon. And there's a specific episode, uh, a, um, a movie called Insidious. And I think it's Insidious 2, actually. So if you want to go and see it, you can. And um, it's this idea, and they, she said, you know, naming the demon gives you power over it. And then I did a bit of digging, and it was this sort of biblical idea and all this sort of thing. But the psychological meaning of naming the demon is essentially um, an attempt to observe your fear or any sort of psychological obstacle that you have in your way, uh, inhibiting your ability to do something within reality. So if you think about it, in layman's terms, if you have a fear of something, you can essentially call it something and that detaches you from your fear. And when you have a fear or when you have a very uh, strong negative emotion, you, you almost feel like a victim because you don't know where it's coming from and you don't really know what you can do about it. But I guess step one would be to name it and it doesn't have to be calling it something. That is obviously um, the self-explanatory idea behind naming the demon. But what I do, and it was the front cover of my first book, was give it a little image too. So I kind of like to look at it. That's actually an idea from Harry Potter as well. And um, it was JK Rowling who wrote about the boggart where no one really knows what a boggart looks like, but it kind of manifests itself into your deepest fears. And I can't remember the name of the spell, but all the wizards and witches would put a spell on the boggart and they would make it into something really funny. So they, they see the fear, it freaks them out, then they put a spell on it and it makes the fear almost kind of laughable. There's so much psychological significance in the Harry Potter movies. And if you are into this sort of stuff, um, there was a psychologist called Carl Jung, and there are loads of articles on the internet that talk about the psychological significance and Carl Jung's ideas behind the Harry Potter movies. So if you are into that sort of thing, I strongly recommend you do that. But in any way, that was the idea behind the naming of the demon, which is the episode, the short episode that you'll hear today. Just before we get into that, I wanted to read you some stuff I've been writing. This is from my second book. This is called The Seeker's Path. And I was having a look at um, dream interpretation because I was trying to, in a sense, try to understand my own subconscious mind. And a dream is a manifestation of the subconscious. It doesn't just have to be manifested through you know, psychedelics or ecstatic breathing or long periods of time of solitude. You know, dream is obviously probably the most um, known example of the subconscious mind coming to fruition. I was trying to understand what was going on. So this is what I wrote. It could be suggested that dreams act as a guiding light in the cave of darkness. They are the map upon which the disorientated mountaineer finds his way home. Dreams and the unconscious beckon the conscious mind, the ego self, towards integration thus recognizing its place within its world, not as the center of the psyche, but as an important aspect to the psyche. 
According to Marlon Xavier, it is absolutely clear that the one-sided attitude of consciousness impedes the constructive flow of the unconscious. The reductive dream tries to break this barrier, this attitude, constituting its antipode. So ego consciousness, taking account of and touching its opposite, its dark brother, as Jung once put it, Carl Jung, that's the guy we spoke about before, recognizes its own partiality. In this way, the whole organism tries to find the equilibrium between the psychic poles again. So put simply, there is a consensus that the dream offers a different perspective. The dream paints with a broader brush, allowing its viewer to bestow upon his mind variant reasoning or an alternate conclusion to, up until the manifest dream, a confusing or potentially incomprehensible experience. In any case, the compensatory theory certainly stands to benefit the stereotypical westernized ego-driven mind with a general disregard for authentic means and individual spirituality. For in the land of the material, there is no inner life, and yet many of the westerners seem to be suffering increasingly from it. Now, I know that last part sounds a bit harsh, (laughs) and I myself am a westerner, of course. Um, So I definitely, you know, fit right into that category. And I guess it's the idea of the, the... differences between the east and the west where east is certainly in sort of older eastern traditions much more time was spent reflecting contemplating life manifesting the subconscious mind if you want to take it that far but our world is very much a world of material gain Um, we're set in stone in reality there is nothing but a physical universe Um, you know we're we're, we're kind of all minions of, of of newton himself so this last little bit that i wrote about the dream is kind of a way that I've summed that up. So if none of that made sense, you can have a little bit of a listen to this one. So ultimately, life is a series of stories played out unconsciously for the most part. And then we die. Thoughts, what you say to yourself, really do count a great deal. So pay attention as to how you define yourself and the world around you. Observe your dreams, for they may offer different perspectives, like a wise elderly within an indigenous tribe, and take on the responsibility of orientating yourself positively for the betterment of the world with this more educated outlook. You matter. That is not to say that you deserve to feel good because maybe you don't. Maybe you haven't lived in accordance with your best intentions. Nevertheless, there is much personal wisdom to be gained through the observation of a dream. I'll leave you with this. When you wake up tomorrow morning, give yourself two minutes to reflect upon the dream you had and allow anything to come up and write it down. And if nothing comes up, write that down. If something, even just a little bit comes up, write that down. If you're someone that historically doesn't remember a thing about their dreams, write that down and write down why that may be the case, potentially. Who knows uh, Who knows where you'll end up. All right, guys, without further ado, I give you Naming the Demon. From this distant vantage point, the earth might not seem of any particular interest. But for us, preserve, cherish, the only home we've ever known. The Pale Blue Dot. Okay, so welcome back to the Mind Make channel. Uh, I've been pretty pumped to do this video uh, for about a week now, actually, ever since I put my last video out talking about the, uh, the relapse I had, which I'm actually really, really humbled, but really, really grateful for because it put things into perspective again and um, anyway so today what I wanted to talk to you about the mind matters is um, the art of naming the demon or naming the anxiety I call it the demon because like it just sounds way fucking better 
but uh, the thing about it and the thing that really worked for me I guess was actually by, by naming something or identifying something that was going on inside my mind I was able to disassociate my my subconscious from it and that way I was able to look at it and watch it and let it pass through like any other thought or visualization or, or, or image in my mind I guess and it was um, a really fantastic experience I guess um what I also wanted to reiterate is um, sorry not, not so much reiterate but more just um, uh, make known was the fact that the the relapse only lasted for a good couple of days so my relapse was um, like I said, um, in relation to the OCD I used to experience about the, the afterlife and the, the, the troubling thoughts I used to have. And I had this sort of visualization of um, being pulled pulled down. I was half asleep, but I was being pulled down into into hell by so some sort of like scary faces and, and demonic faces. But, um, you know, I mean, I probably, I probably had that thought about a thousand times before. But um, just by having this one thought, I don't know what it was, but it sort of just... Um, just resonated with me a little bit more and scared me a little bit but this time it only lasted for a good couple of days and I really owe a lot of that to, to the art of naming the demon I mean my I my meditation my, my diary writing were just so important in this but um the uh, the tool like I've said which I wanted to talk about today is naming it so what I did was I had three specific demonic faces that were coming at me and I named them. I called them Steve-O, Jerry, and Bob. It wasn't just Steve, it was Steve-O, just making sure of that. Um, Steve-O, Jerry, and Bob. And every time they'd come up, um, I'd say day to them. And then what I started to visualize was just like giving them a hug and chilling out and just lifting a barbell with them and stuff. And uh, it just made it way easier. It, it wasn't even a scary thing for me in the, in, in, uh, within a matter of seconds, really. And I started applying this to, um, to other thoughts that I experienced because I guess... Anxiety is a thing that you just sort of manage and you learn to, um, you learn how it manifests in your life, um, just like happiness does and just like how, 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 how joy does as well. And um, I, I haven't been that anxious at all for a while now, which is, which is sick, but um, I gave it a go with some other things about sort of travel and all this sort of stuff and I just let myself watch the thoughts and I, I gave them all names. I actually give my name, I give my, I give my anxiety the emotion of anxiety and name I call it Gary uh, for those that haven't haven't watched some of my videos and um, all the specific thoughts I picture Gary a real fat dude eating salt and vinegar chips and I just picture him changing the anxious TV channels and some of them are travel some of them are like scary faces some of them are schizophrenia some of them are whatever like the, the thought of schizophrenia not that I have schizophrenia but are uh, all these things and um, that that disassociation from the thoughts just helps immensely so the analogy I guess with this is if we fetch our uh, fetch our clist Jesus Christ fucking clench our fists if we clench our fists we don't say we're clenched we say our fists are clenched so why would we say that we're anxious we're angry when in fact all we're experiencing is anxious thoughts or, or, or angry thoughts so it's that concept naming the demon identifying the the anxiety is 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 all about disassociation so i hope that one helps guys um i'm filming this off my phone and i think it's kind of working i'm pretty happy with it so we'll see how it goes um if not i'll be getting my camera back soon which i fucking broke again so it's going well here at the mind mate uh until next time i will speak to you soon bye bye all right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that uh, quick little snippet snippet that was half between a sneak peek and a snippet um, of uh, something I spoke about about a year and a half ago. 
Uh, I'm going to do my best to try to produce at the very least one podcast a week. And please feel free to reach out to me because I want to orientate these podcasts and the topics of the podcast suited to what you guys want to hear and what, what you know what you want to learn about because I probably would want to learn about it too. Um, I want to think of this podcast as just a guide to which we can all kind of learn from because I know hardly anything, but I realize that I am fascinated in a lot of things. So please help me help you help me help us. That would seem like the best way to say it. All right. Um, up until the next time I speak to you, bye for now.